good. All the time. All the time. You can never, like, spend time with God and walk away and go, well, that was disappointing. <laughs> never. That never happens, you know? There's, it's always good. It's always refreshing. It's always filling. Even when we can't feel it, right? We walk away with something because he is so, so good. Um, yeah. So, in case we haven't met, uh, I'm Wendy. I'm the co-lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard Church, so happy to have all of you here with us. Thank you, ladies who were on the retreat that you got up this morning and came back to church. <laughs> and I know you're all tired, but it's a good tired, isn't it? Like, just being in his presence and being outside. We got to be outside a lot. Um, so, um, husbands, if your wives are like, we need to go outside more, just go with it. <laughs> just listen. She knows what she's talking about. Um, we had an amazing time, I, I thought. Did you all have an amazing time? Yeah. Okay. I can only speak for myself. <laughs> but it was so good, and it was... Um, a great time of connecting but also like I feel like we all really connected with God in new ways and on an individual basis I saw a lot of people uh, a lot of ladies out just having time with Jesus on their own with their Bible and and their journal and writing away which I love to see all writing away that means God speaking so um, yeah it was good we're just going to try to leak out on all of y'all. Um, so at, at Mercy Vineyard, would you, let's say our um, mission statement together. Uh, we're mi living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. And this morning we're continuing our um, three-part series called The Way of Wisdom. We're talking about um, walking in greater wisdom as followers of Jesus. And... Wisdom should be a, a precious commodity to us. It should be something that we pursue on a regular basis. Um, our theme verse, Proverbs 3, 15 to 16, says, Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand, riches and honor in her left. And since wisdom comes from God and he loves to give us good things, that means that it's attainable. We can be wise. We can get wisdom. So last week, Lee talked about how wisdom begins with honoring God, about how um, we surrender to his will, we surrender to his ways, and we surrender to his blessings, which seems counterintuitive, but we have to surrender to all of those things to, to begin to receive um, wisdom. And so much stems from our perception of God, doesn't it? And if we can't receive his blessings, then it makes it difficult for us to receive all of him. So today I want to talk about one way that we can intentionally grow in wisdom. So think about what you tend to do when you're faced with an important decision. What's, your, what's the first thing that you do? Many people make major life decisions without seeking wise counsel. I mean... Sometimes people might, they might meet somebody, start dating, get more serious, get engaged, and get married without ever asking anyone in their life what they think about that relationship, like checking in. And 
people on the outside have that outside perspective, right? How many of you have ever seen your friend get into a relationship and then go, what are they thinking, right? Because we see it differently, and we're not always right either, right? But there's a different perspective there. Or think about when you make a mistake or there's a situation in your life that needs to be fixed. Our desire often is just to be independent. We're going to take care of it ourselves. Right? We're going to fix it by ourselves. And we, like, we want to be either independent or sometimes we want to avoid seeming weak. So we don't ask for help because we don't want people to think we don't know what we're doing. But we really don't know what we're doing all the time, do we? <laughs> and needing different perspectives in, in order to make a decision is just human. It's not weakness. It's just humanity. Um, a few years after Lee and I got married, we hit on some issues in our relationship. I know, I know. Shocking. We haven't always been perfect. <laughs> still not. <laughs> uh, 28 years later, we're still working on our marriage because you have to. Um, but anyway, we, so we weren't headed for divorce. We just had some issues in communication. All of you married couples understand this. <laughs> you don't know how to always communicate well with each other. And so we read some marriage books and um, they helped. But at some point we decided we needed to go to our pastor who had married us to get a little bit of counseling. And I know now that that was the best thing we could have done for our relationship. And there were things that he told us though that, that I didn't love things that I had to do and I'm sure that Lee felt the same way there's some things that you know they tell you to do and you go uh, you know that doesn't seem fun <laughs> we had to humble ourselves though so but you know at that point we're like well we're committed to working on this so we did him anyway and what do you know he was right <laughs> so it, it really was the best thing we could have done and if we hit a rough patch now after 28 years there's, pride is not going to keep me from going and asking for help because I know from experience that we sometimes just need someone on the outside. We just need somebody with better eyes <laughs> to see what, what needs to happen. And, of course, we can hear God for ourselves. We talk about that all the time here, that God speaks to all of us, Right? And that's important. And James tells us that if we need wisdom, we can ask God, and he will give it to us. So it will come to us. But the Bible also emphasizes in many places the need to receive wisdom from others. We don't have the same view as someone else would. So think about when you first buy a house, and you see something when you buy that house like that you want to change. Maybe it's a stain on the carpet. Okay? And you decide as soon as we move in, we're, we're going to take care of that. Either we're going to get new carpet or whatever you're going to do. And you move in, and you don't get to it right away. And weeks turn into months, and months turn into years, because you eventually don't see it anymore, really, any, at all, because you just, it's there every day. It's part of the landscape now. But someone coming into your house for the first time, they're going to see it. They shouldn't say anything, but they will see it, right? 
they have fresh eyes. And just like with the house, we don't always see things in our lives that aren't optimal. We don't always see times when we're headed the wrong direction. And God often sends other people to illuminate areas for us. And if we bristle when someone lovingly points something out, we're going to struggle to grow in wisdom. Proverbs 19.20 says, Get all the advice and instruction you can, so you will be wise the rest of your life. All the advice and instruction you can. And then Proverbs 15.31 says, If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. Those aren't my favorite verses, but they're really important to heed. We have to be willing to ask for advice and receive correction in order to grow in wisdom. But it's also important to know how and who, right? So there's a guy in the Bible whose mistakes I think that we can learn from in this area, but um, let's go ahead and pray first. God, we thank you so much for your presence in this place this morning. And God, I thank you that above and beyond anything that I could say this morning, that um, we need to hear your voice, and I thank you that you are speaking. So Lord, I pray that you would make your word come alive, that you would bring revelation and truth where it's needed, and God, that you would help us to be humble and moldable and pliable in your hands, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, Rehoboam was the son of King Solomon. And after Solomon died, King Rehoboam, not King Rehoboam yet, he was supposed to become king. And so we're going to pick up this story in 1 Kings chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 1. It says, Rehoboam went to Shechem, where all Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebet, heard this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. So Jeroboam had worked for King Solomon, and then there was some prophecy that he was going to take over part of the kingdom, and Solomon didn't like that, so Jeroboam had to run away. Um, So he's coming back. And so the leaders of Israel summoned him, Rehoboam, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, Give me three days to think this over, then come back for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father, Solomon. What is your advice? He asked them. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, If you're willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. What is your advice? He asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young men replied, This is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered. 
But Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisors. He told the people, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. So the king paid no attention to the people. So here's what I want you to remember this morning. Wisdom grows when we seek and receive godly counsel. Rehoboam started out well, didn't he? He went to people who had experience and perspective since they had been the king's counselors prior. So they had some insight. And he asked what they thought that he should do. But their answer would have not only served the people, but it would have helped Rehoboam out. Right? He would have had some loyal subjects. And he decided to reject that advice and ask his peers. And we tend to default to our peers, right? We ask our friends what we should do. Um, because they typically know us best. <laughs> and they're the most available too, right? But they are also often the most likely to agree with us. And so if you have a friend who doesn't always say what you want them to say, you have a good friend. <laughs> you need friends like that in your life, right? You need people that will tell you not always what you want to hear. So if you have those friends, keep them close. Um, in Rehoboam's case, his peers were people who had no experience running a kingdom, and they were probably a lot like him. And we do need counsel from our friends, because they know us well, like I said, but the danger is that they're more like us. And so they may just tell us to do what we want. And it seems that Rehoboam went with what sounded more beneficial to him without weighing what would be good in the long term. Because if you continue to read the rest of the story, Jeroboam led a rebellion against Rehoboam, and he gained 11 of the 12 tribes of Israel. Rehoboam was left with one. <laughs> and maybe if he would have listened, who knows, he might have kept all 12. They would have been his loyal subjects. His pride kept him in the way, or got in the way of him listening to sound advice. So where did he go wrong? other than being prideful. How do we know who to ask or who to listen to? So first, we need to look for someone who's a, f a few steps ahead in the faith or the life journey. So Rehoboam's story points to older versus younger, but someone younger than you can have really great perspective and they can have wisdom. So I'm not saying that you should always talk to older people. Younger people have wisdom too. If they have life experience in something that you do not, right, they can offer some wisdom in those areas. They might be able to help you, or maybe they've been even following Christ longer than you, and they can help you. Um, so you're going to have to judge, like, based on if you've seen them make wise decisions in the past, <laughs> should you listen. Um, but one way to avoid pitting older, wiser counsel against counsel from your friends is to make someone older than you a friend. Make someone, you know, a good 10, 15, 20 years older than you a legitimate friend. Spend time with them. Have a give and take with them. Pursue a real-life friendship with someone who's in a different stage of life. Right? 
When you already have an ongoing relationship with that person, then you don't have to catch them up on five years of your life in five minutes so that they can try to give you some counsel on, on what's next, right? They've been walking it with you. So they can just point to all the things that they already know about you. They can speak into your life. And we can learn a lot from people who have lived longer. Don't automatically dismiss older people because, oh, they can't relate specifically to my specific problem. <laughs> human struggle is human struggle. And we can learn from everything that they have been through. One of my closest friends is about 10 years older than me. And it is a give and take relationship. Um, I'm always shocked though because like she has so much wisdom because she's older than me and has more life experience. So whenever like she asks me for wisdom, I'm like, oh, oh cool. <laughs> yeah, I can help you. <laughs> it's so exciting to be have that give and take with somebody like that. And but also because she knows me so well, when I need something, when I need counsel, when I need advice. I can just sit down and say, what do you think? And pretty quickly, she can speak into my life. It's so valuable. So make a friend with somebody that has a, is in a different stage of life than you. Or reach out to someone who's a leader in your life. Guess what? Your pastors, we'd love to help you. Your team leaders. The reason why I say that is because your pastors and your team leaders, we pray for you all the time. And we love you. So we have your best interest at heart. And we would love to offer um, prayer and wisdom to you. We want what's best for you. Or maybe, in some cases, you need to pay someone for your wise counsel. Maybe you need to go to a therapist or a coach or a spiritual director. Sometimes we need that wisdom from somebody who's trained, <laughs> right? Um, and you know what? You can also pick up a book. If you're married, put marriage books in the rotation. If you're parenting or you need to break bad habits and build in good ones, there's a lot of expert advice in the pages of books. People whose insight and research can help you grow in wisdom. So look for that person who has some insight. And when you go to someone for counsel, this is important, don't make up your mind ahead of time. Fight to genuinely keep your mind open to whatever they have to say. You know, Rehoboam, it seems, was just looking for validation rather than advice. The older counselors gave him advice he didn't want to hear. So he just went to find somebody who would give him something he wanted to hear. So if you're only looking for validation, any good advice is just going to fall on deaf ears. You are wasting your time and the other person's time if you don't keep your mind open. And also decide that you will listen to constructive criticism. Remember that proverb? We don't like to be corrected. It stinks. <laughs> but we all have blind spots. So how you respond to someone who points out a blind spot to you is really important. If someone cares enough about you to sit down with you and share a concern, 
Listen carefully. Don't automatically dismiss them. They're doing it because they love you. And if it causes you to bristle, they might have hit a nerve. I know that's true in my case. If somebody says something to me like, you know, I kind of noticed that you're, this, it's usually Lee. <laughs> I kind of noticed that you're a little irritable. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, but if a lot of times what I'll feel initially is it, no, I'm not. On the inside, automatically I just, why is he telling me that? Look at him. You know what I mean? Like, that's our automatic response. But usually, it's because he's right. It's usually because there's some truth in it that we need to listen to, and that's why we're going, ah. You know, because think about it. If it didn't really apply, we might, whatever. can brush it off. Remember the story of David when he committed adultery, and then he had Bathsheba's husband killed, and then the prophet Nathan came in and told him the story about stealing the lamb. Are y'all with me on this a little bit? Okay, if you don't know it, look it up. But so, and Nathan is sharing this story with him, and here's what happened, and this man did this, and David's like, who is this man? You know, he deserves death. Well, David, it's you, right? He couldn't see it for himself, even as he listened to this story. But once he did see it, he was repentant. And he received that correction. And then he was restored to full relationship with God. So in either of these cases, whether you're seeking counsel or somebody comes to you with constructive criticism, in either of these cases, if, you're, if you disagree with their counsel, ask questions. Because we know... The, the end of the story with Rehoboam, he probably should have listened to the counselors, the older counselors, right? We can see that because we know the end of the story. But even if they had been wrong, let's say that they gave him the wrong advice, he was still wrong to dismiss their, or their advice so flippantly. You know, he just, whatever, I'm going to go talk to these people. And if you disagree... Press into their perspective. Try to ask some good questions and seek to understand rather than seeking validation. And you may still disagree. Even after you've asked all the questions and you've kind of dug in, if you still disagree, that's okay because you've kept yourself humble and you've allowed yourself to be open to whatever God might want to say to you through them. And, it, and at that point, if you don't feel like it's right for you, okay. Right? But we have to do everything that we can to leave ourselves open to what God wants to say. God would want to say. And next, weigh any counsel you receive against Scripture. So whether you're in therapy or you're talking to one of your pastors or mentors or you're reading a book to seek wisdom in an area or you're talking to your friends, you want to make sure it always lines up with Scripture. If Rehoboam had known scripture, he would probably figure out that his friend's advice was pretty terrible. I mean, don't you think? (laughs) And when we stay in the word and we meditate on it, we become wiser and we can discern good counsel from not so good counsel. So even when somebody tells us something that is not good, we'll probably know pretty quickly. 
Psalm 119, verses 97 and 98 says, Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. If his commands are a constant guide, then we can discern good counsel from not good counsel. And lastly, spend as much time as you can with others who are pursuing godly wisdom. It's important to be salt and light. It's important to spend time with people who need Jesus. But be sure that your closest confidence are people who will speak truth and wisdom to you. Hang out with or listen to or read people who challenge you to pursue wisdom, not who influence you to make foolish decisions. Proverbs 13:20 says, "Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble." It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> So as we close today, I want to challenge you to actively pursue wisdom in your life. Because if you're trying to make an important decision right now, or if you're trying to climb out of a mess that you've made, or you need some, maybe you just need help communicating with your spouse or parenting your kids, pursue wisdom. You may already know someone you can talk to. So make a point to connect with him in the next, I was going to say a couple days, but do it in the next 24 hours because if we, sometimes we don't do it fast enough, we just won't do it, right? Or maybe someone has approached you with counsel that you rejected, but you, you're kind of thinking, now maybe I need to listen. What steps do you need to take to pursue godly wisdom? Let's just pray. I want to pray real quick because there's a couple of things I feel like God wants to speak um, or communicate with you this morning. So, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. God, I just, I believe that this morning that you are speaking to people about ways they need to seek godly wisdom. That they've been trying to take care of something on their own and you have a better way, an easier way even. So God, I pray that you would help us to humble ourselves that we would submit ourselves to you and that if you have someone that we need to go and talk to and seek counsel from, that you would illuminate that person to us. Father, I pray for anyone in the room who may need to seek counseling, like professional counseling. I pray that you would give them the courage and the strength to, to do it. to let you lead them in that way, to let you grow them in that way. Thank you, God. We had a, a word this morning um, from our prayer team that there was a picture of, like, dead leaves that had fallen on the 
ground and they were wet and you know how dead leaves get wet and icky and sometimes even kind of slimy and they don't seem to be good for anything right but dead leaves become compost fertilizer for the ground they they do turn into something that will grow and along with that like um, how God brings beauty from ashes he raises the dead to life there are things in us that we feel are or maybe it's you yourself that you just feel like no purpose but God is saying that um, he calls those things which are not as though they are right He's creating something new out of that whatever it is in your life that you feel is dead. So if that's you this morning as we move into some time of worship and prayer, I want you to go get prayer from our prayer team. Let them minister to you about that. because I, and, and I really think that that's more than one person. So if that's you, please go get prayer. God wants to bring dead things to life again in you. And sometimes that's going to take, no, I know it's going to take humility. You're going to have to ask for help. You're going to have to seek out counsel. You're going to have to get, uh, walk into things that you haven't done before. But he wants to give you a vision beyond what you're seeing right now. So, Holy Spirit, would you just come and and begin to do that? Would you begin to give vision and life? God, would you begin to give us um, a vision of how you can bring dead things to life again? That you bring beauty from ashes. You turn mourning into joy. Jesus, come and have your way. Bring your kingdom this morning. Go ahead and have the worship team come. And we're going to just take this time to, to listen for what he might say to you. Get prayer, please, if you need prayer. Please, go get prayer.